The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the third chapter. Jesus went home, and the crowd came together again so that Jesus and the disciples could not even eat. When his family heard it, they went out to restrain him, for people were saying he has gone out of his mind. And the scribes who came down from Jerusalem said, He has Beezable, by the ruler of the demons he casts out demons. And he called, the, he called them to him, and spoke to them in parables. How can Satan cast out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, that house will not be able to stand. And if Satan has risen up against himself and is divided, he cannot stand. But his end has come. But no one can enter a strong man's house and plunder his property without first tying up the strong man. Then indeed the house can be plundered. Truly I tell you, people will be forgiven for their sins and whatever blasphemes they utter but whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit cannot for, have forgiveness, but is guilty of, against the Holy Spirit, but is guilty of an eternal sin. For they had said, he has an unclean spirit. Then his mother and his brothers came, and standing outside, they went to him and called him. A crowd was sitting around him, and they said to him, Your mother and your brothers and sisters are outside asking for you. And he replied, who are my mother and my brothers? Looking at those who sat around him, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does the will of God is my brother and sister and mother. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated, and the children may come forward for a children's sermon. Have a few more coming. Still have a few more coming. Oh, you did yours, didn't you? There you go. Excellent. There we go. There we go. So as we're all gathering around, two more? All right. Oh, there they are. How are you this morning? Are you good? Mm -hmm. All right, we're a little bit of everything. I want to remember what we did last week and what we're doing this week. This week, we're asking ourselves these questions. Now, some of you got these and some of you didn't, and that's okay. But what we were doing, the ones who got them, we're asking questions to our godparents. Does anyone know what a godparent is? What's a godparent? It's someone that takes care of you. That's part of it, yeah. A godparent first stands beside you when you're baptized and you have water poured on your head and God says that God loves you undeniably forever and ever. And those people that stand with you promise to help teach you all about God, to help teach you about love, 
and to help you out in the world throughout your life. And so you're going to find your godparents. You're going to ask them three questions. You're going to ask them what your baptism day was like. You're going to ask them who is God and how did you get to know God at my age. And you're going to ask them how did you get to know God now. We read some of these last week and we also have one to read this week. Can we look at yours? Awesome. Let's see. What was your baptism day like? You said that you're not yet baptized. And that's okay. We have lots of people that aren't baptized yet. Who is God and how did you get to know God when you were my age? The person you interviewed said, God is someone that died and is on the wall with the boat. There he is, right there. God takes care of me and he has a cross. Very nice. And how do you get to know God now? I sing a lot. Yeah, that's a great way of getting to know God. That's a great way. Excellent. For every one of these people, every one of these people, they share who God is and we come to know God. Let me ask you, have your parents ever told you something about God? Oh, I bet so. I know your parents. I know they have. Have your parents ever helped you learn how to pray? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have your parents ever brought you to church? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. These people and our parents and our caregivers and everyone who cares for us, they help teach us about God. I think we can do the same. So here's what I want you to do. Can everybody look at my nose? Good. Good. Here's what I want you to do next week. I want you to think of one thing, and your parents are going to help you, okay? I want you to think of one thing that you can do to share something you know about God. One thing you can do to share something you know about God. It can be telling a story, or it can be helping a neighbor, or it can be writing a letter. It could be making a sandcastle somehow. I don't know. Be creative. Figure out one thing you can do to share with somebody about God and then come back and tell me a story. Okay? Alright. I'm looking forward to it. Now next week I won't be here. So we're going to do this at the picnic. Alright? Bring your stories to the picnic and we'll share stories. How's that? Alright. Shall we pray? Let's pray. God, on this cloudy day, we're very, very thankful. We're thankful that you love us. We're thankful that you care for us. We're thankful that you're here with us right now. We ask that you might help us. Help us to figure out how we can share your love with our neighbors and friends and family. Help us to figure out one way that we can share something we know about God. Help us to do it. Help us to remember it. And help us to bring stories back with us again. Thank you for being a God that loves all people. In your name we pray. Amen. Very good. We have some snacks. You may take one if you'd like. There you go. Nice. You're welcome. You're welcome.
In the name of Jesus, amen. Our stories, our Old Testament stories, I should say, they begin on our timeline about halfway through. Some of you who are new here with us, a few weeks ago we put all of the Old Testament along the wall. We figured we have these pictures, they're kind of in order, let's use them as a timeline. And we went all the way from creation to exile and rebuilding along this wall. And we saw that a ton of our stories are found in the Old Testament. A ton of the stories that tell us who we are and who God is. And so over the course of the summer, we're studying some of these stories. But we're studying what seems like halfway through the wall, right? Because our story of Samuel begins about right here. Trying to hold this up in a way where you can see it. You see, we already had creation. And we already had Noah and the flood. And we already had Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We already had enslavement in Egypt and Exodus and the Ten Commandments and wandering in the desert and entering the Promised Land. We already had the judges, Deborah and Samson and all the others. We've already had so many things. But there's a whole second half of the wall. And that's where our summer begins. You see, in this story with Samuel, we don't have a king yet. Up to this point, all God's people, they were led either by someone that God chose to be God's mouthpiece, speak for God, or they were led by folks called judges. Folks who were known as wise individuals and were able to settle on behalf of God's people disputes than to even fight for God's people. There were no kings. So, just to put ourselves in their shoes, what if, now there's several differences here, but what if we had no government? There's no president, Democrat, Republican, or otherwise. There's no Congress. There's no nothing. We got the Ten Commandments. We got the Levitical Code. We have no leader. How do you feel? That would depend on whether the people are actually obeying God or not. Yeah, it depends on whether they're obeying God or not. Um, let's give you some background history, too. They're not. <laughs> Yep, people have been people as long as time is allowed. They're not. Yeah, we would be going every which direction, right? It would be unruly to say the least. And it was. If you ever want to read one of the truly terrible stories in Scripture, read how the book of Judges ends. It's terrible. It's terrible. This time of not having a leader left Israel in chaos, but God rightly says that I am the leader. God is the leader. If you don't listen to God, it's not going to matter if you have a king or not. Terrible things will happen whether you have a king or not. And the people cry out. 
We want to be like the rest of the nations. We want to be like the rest of the people we see. We do not want to be a people that wander around without a leader. I imagine part of it felt unsafe. If you have no king and you have no warriors and you have no army, then what in the world do you do when the enemy comes knocking? Now the answer is, cry out to God. But that feels unsafe. I imagine part of it is wanting all of the splendor of a king too. How many of you watched the royal wedding or at least heard about it? You're not even under that monarchy. (laughs) (laughs) But all the splendor of it is attractive and all, I mean, just the stories that go along with it catch our eyes. We still use the terminology today. How many people are called princes and princesses, kings and queens? And we use them in endearing fashions, typically. But God, again, rightly says that even with all the beauty painted over these things, a lot of times, a king and a queen, somebody ruling with that kind of power ends the same way. And that's the warning that Samuel spells out for the people. This person who you want to give all this power to eventually will come to corrupt it. They'll take all of your things. They'll take your people. They'll take your produce and they'll take your money. They'll take your horses. They'll take your land. They will use it for themselves. And eventually you'll come to a point where you need to cry out to God because of the very king or the very queen that you wanted and God will let you live into your request. God will not respond. And spoiler alert, that's exactly what happens. The kingdom, or I should say the king, is built up over the course of Israel's time, is built up again and again. All of the beauty of that land is stripped in order to build powerful places of rule, temple and otherwise. All of the gold is taken in, the horses are taken in, the land is taken in, the produce is taken in, and the king reigns, and the people suffer. Today, Today is another commandment. Because at the very begin, beginning of this institution of this people, the very first commandment that was spoken to them is not like any other law. It's, I am the Lord your God. You shall have no other gods before me. King Queen, president, ruler, otherwise. How about you? Where does all your money go? Where do all your horses go? You might not have horses. 
Where does all the fruits of your labor go? Where does all your land go? Where does all your time go? To whom are you giving all of these things? Is it God? If so, great. Or is it possibly another king? Is it possibly some, something or someone else that we really want to hold in high regard? This text is just as much about us as it is about the ancient Israelites. Because people of every time and place, just like they weren't obeying God then, don't necessarily obey God now. And so if there's one thing we can learn from this very first lesson this summer, it is that the Old Testament is often a mirror. It's not lessons about someone that happened to live long ago. It's lessons about us. Telling the truth about us. So that we might know ourselves fully as God already knows us fully. You see, there's good news hidden in this. God has known since the beginning of the story and even before what kind of people you and I are. We're the people that tend to cry out for a king. We're the people that tend to cry out to want to give our hard-earned money and time and sacrifice to something. And we'll give it readily and fully. Sometimes these are good things. Sometimes these are wonderful things. I love the way that, as a congregation, we support so many of these things. With John's meals, with the youth that are going on so many trips this year, with the people who are in actual need, with the way that we do our outreach food auction each year. We give readily and fully. But then if we're honest, we also give ourselves we give of ourselves to so many other things. How many times during the fall do I give of myself to watching a football team in another state that has no bearing on my life whatsoever? <laughs> I give hours and hours in the fall. And you know it's ridiculous. But here's the thing, I know you do it too. You might not, but you might. When you think about it, it is ridiculous. I, like, I being an active person of sound mind and body, park myself in front of a glaring screen of lights and then root for people who can't hear me. And I'm totally willing to do it. I'm willing to make a king. I'm willing to prioritize time in a silly and foolish way. And that team, as much as I like them, will gladly take my money, will gladly take my time, and will not produce for me a single thing. What are the kings that we have? What would it look like instead if all I had 
followed God? What would it look like if all I had followed God, my time, my body, my possessions, everything followed God? I might not spend as much time in front of the TV, but I imagine I would be rich in relationships with neighbors and friends and those in need. I imagine I will be rich with knowing who God is and having a deep and dwelling communion with that God. I imagine I would be able to see where God is leading me instead of thinking that following after God is foolish. I imagine I'd be able to dwell in a way that God calls me to. So, this week, consider your kings and your queens and your rulers, both the literal ones and the metaphorical ones. Consider to whom or to what you give your time. Consider to whom or to what you give your money. Consider to whom or to what you give your skill, all your possessions. If you need to laugh at yourself, that's okay. If you need to confess of yourself, that's okay. Know this. Our true King, our God and our Savior, has known who you would be and who I would be from the very beginning and loves you immensely and wholly, both as you are and as you are becoming. Ohio State, Penn State, or otherwise, there's a great deep love for you. This is the love of a good and gracious king. God be with you and with us as we pursue this king this summer. Amen.